Welcome to The Freedom Files, the home of free thinking and free living, where Simone and I explore subjects which liberate the sovereign human being and empower those that are searching for solutions to walk away from the matrix. We're available on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify and Google Play, and we live stream on YouTube and in our Facebook group with our thriving community. Our promise to you is to bring you some of the best pioneering guests who share their big ideas, projects and solutions for living in the modern world today. So please subscribe and if you like what you hear, please share this with your curious and truth-loving friends. Now on to the show. And here we are. We are live. We are episode 18 of the Freedom Files. Welcome, everyone, to this uh, live stream. We are absolutely delighted and honoured to have David Ike with us. Hi, David. How are you doing? I'm good, mate. <laughs> Thank you so much for cutting out the time for us. We appreciate it. It's a crucial moment in this point, pivotal point in 28, uh, 2020. Um, how, do you think, how do you think the ruling class have been getting on? They've uh, had uprisings around the world. We've had the mainstream press picking up on stuff. Vaccine trials have gone wrong. How did, what's your take? Well, I, th- I think it's um, it's a pivotal point in human history. Um, and I don't say that to exaggerate, but it's the truth. Um, I've been, um, of course, researching this for three decades. And uh, over that time, I've uh, gathered together um, the agenda for the world of which current events are a a fundamental part, a fundamental expression. But where it's designed to go makes what we're currently experiencing, which is horrific, um, like Mary Poppins. So it's a pivotal point in human history because we have to make the choice now between whether we are going to go on acquiescing and letting the few, the psychopathic few, dictate human society and its direction or whether we're going to say in numbers enough no more because Mm. we we can only be controlled by a few if we um the the vast many acquiesce to the few and uh so you know people have said um you know it have hasn't hasn't it all happened so fast you know since like February, March, oh, uh, but hold on a minute. The speed of human oppression, the speed that fascism has swept across the world mm-hmm. is equivalent exactly to the speed of human acquiescence to it. It's not the fascists that impose fascism. 
it's the population that acquiesce mm. to fascism. That's how it works. So we, we are um, at a pivotal point where humanity uh, needs to um, make the choice of the world it wants. Uh, and if it doesn't want the world that makes Orwell's world look mild because of all the technology involved, um, then it's time to part the backside from the sofa and crucially to stop obeying these rules and regulations that are only there to um, to control, to enslave. Mm -hmm. They're not there for anything to do with health. Anyone with half a brain cell on active duty can see that. You know, half an hour's research, an hour's research, and you'll see that the official story is 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 beyond a joke. Uh, but it's an excuse. That's what the whole thing's about. All this stuff, all this COVID nineteen, all this deadly virus pandemic. It's just an excuse to impose what has been planned for so long. This is why, you know, I'm the least surprised person on the planet that what's happening is happening because it's been planned for so long. And, and of course, if you're going to introduce something and not actually straight tell people, well, we're introducing this because we want a global fascist state. Well, that ain't going to go down well, is it? So you have to have an excuse that can convince vast numbers of people that the fascism you're introducing called protecting people from COVID-19 is actually justified. And that's all it is. It's one great yes. manufactured excuse. And, and this is the point. Um, I've been saying since, uh, since last spring, there's a script and, and the script is planned to unfold. And the script has long been written. So all they're doing, we're back to the same theme here, all they're doing as we've gone through the summer and, and now through the autumn into the winter is constantly come up with different excuses for the next stage of the script. That's, that's uh, why early on in this, when masks weren't in the script, because you can't, you can't give people too many things at once because you've got the chance of pushback because it's just you want us to do this all, all at the same time. So eke it out. Get them used to this. OK, now we'll go here. So this is why masks were not considered um, something that was uh, in any way relevant in the spring and through the summer, uh, you know, the early summer anyway, um, because it wasn't in the script. And then, of course, as the alleged deaths from COVID-19, the, um, uh, the death certificate uh, uh, um, fraud um, started to fall and uh, it, it, it started to almost disappear, even by official figures, um, then they bring the masks in, you see. And people are going, hold on a minute. Why weren't masks considered necessary when all that was going on? But they're considered now necessary when actually the deaths are falling because that was the point in the script. Mm. The script with the mask um, in Britain, it's happened around the world already in many places, um, is that um, they'll eventually bring about, once they think they can get away with it, um, a, a, uh, a rule that um, you have to wear a mask anytime you leave your home. Uh, and uh, and that that's it's all part of the script. And, you know, you've got this um, these. Uh, 
if there's children watching, I better watch my words. Um, mm. I'll just say balance and witty, the uh, science advisor to the UK government and uh, <laughs> massively gay-funded uh, chief medical officer. They wheel them out just to frighten people. Um, and if you notice what happens, they, they come out, you know, the, the, the Chuckle Brothers, as, um, as uh, some people call them, um, you know, the, the prophets of doom. Um, I mean, they're going to they're going to they're going to come out in hoods, uh, you know, with with uh, with sides eventually, surely, uh, uh, when they have a press conference. I mean, it's just got ridiculous. <laughs> they bring them out, and 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 then they they seek to terrify you, and then straight after that, legislation to uh, to to increase the yeah. fascism. So you know, we are at this massively important pivotal point. Um, where we are deciding the, the future direction of, of humanity, whether we're going to grasp some uh, freedom uh, and uh, stop giving freedom away, that would be a start, um, or whether we're just going to sit there and um, acquiesce to uh, something that is planned that's beyond fashion. I mean, we're, yeah. we're talking, you know, AI connection to the human brain, so AI becomes the human mind. That's the level of... Of, yeah. uh, that we're talking about. So, uh, and this is a point where we can we can throw a spanner in the works, but we better do it. We better do it in numbers. Well, I've yes. noticed this in quite, quite a bit of um, increased awareness, and particularly, I, I just take a little temperature gauge of people I know, the people I walk the dogs with, my friends and family, and people are waking up around me. They're sensing none of this makes sense, uh, especially the recent case demic tests versus cases versus. Um, increased reaction to a pseudoscience, essentially, isn't it? Um, what What do you think? How successful do you think they these guys are with their the the great reset and you know strong cities and smart cities? How how successful do you think they are at the minute? Do you think there's anything that what, what they're the, running scared of? The, the thing is that um, there's a plan. And and so at the moment, it's um, about, quote, COVID-19 and getting things in place as a result of that uh, fascistic imposition to actually bring the population um, under submission, under subjugation. Mm. Um, but the Great Reset and the new normal is, is the next stage, um, which is uh, when they move into the uh, control by... Uh, by technology uh, and create um, what they want is a technocracy. A technocracy is a society that's not run by elected politicians. And is our society today run by elected politicians? What are the politicians saying all around the world? We're being guided by the science. We're being guided by the technocrats, in other words. Mm. So a, a technocracy is, um, is one that's run by bureaucrats, uh, scientists, engineers, medical technocrats, uh, and so on. And um, so there's two things going on side by side here. More and more, the technocrats are taking over. I mean, nothing uh, defines the word technocrat more than the Silicon Valley technocrats, who have far more power now than politicians. Mm -hmm. So at the same time, they're doing two things in terms of this great reset towards a technocracy um, where elections are over and no more uh, politicians. Um, a, they're bringing the technocrats into the positions of um, driving everything, quite blatantly driving everything. We're being guided by the science. We're being guided by the, uh, the medical, all that stuff. 
Um, yeah. But at the same time, they are massively discrediting politicians. And and it's it's quite easy to um, to discredit politicians because all you do is bring incompetent and uh, corrupt politicians to to power, um, uh, and and they'll just discredit themselves by their behaviour. And that that's what's happening around the world. And mm. and as, as uh, these uh, politicians who are basically script readers, if you think about it, you know Johnson stands up and 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 Hancock stands up. They're only reading a script. They're not making the decisions. Um, and and as a result of that, um, although they're not making the decisions, they are the the front men for those decisions. And all the time, they're getting more and more discredited by the fact that what they're claiming about this fake pandemic makes no sense whatsoever in people's daily experience. And it's this dynamic of the official story and people's personal experience in no way sinking that is leading, as you mentioned, more and more people to say, hold on a minute, even people that bought it to start with. Mm. My, my, my it mother's. Makes no it makes no sense. No, mm. it doesn't make sense. If you're th if you coming from this perspective, the government is making decisions based on a real threat to protect people. Makes no sense. But if you know it's a script and just an excuse to bring in uh, a fascist society, then it makes perfect sense. Sorry, mate, you were just saying. No, I was going to say, my, my mother, age 79, ex-NHS nurse, was totally bought hook, line and sinker in the early days. But just my my most recent conversation with her last week, she's questioning everything now. She doesn't believe the vaccine's necessary. She doesn't want to be locked in her house. She thinks it's crazy. She can't give her children a hug. Um, you know, she she realizes the ratio in the, of the numbers and she's figured it out. And um, that's great because it's taken <laughs> a long while, but she's there. And uh, I dare say in most families, there's someone questioning it that's now chipping away in their in their siblings and, and parents ears. And that's what I hope happens around the dinner tables. Yeah. But the thing is, um, there, there's there's two there's two stages in this. Uh, well, there's three stages, really. The first one is I buy it all. Mm -hmm. Second, which is getting larger and larger all the time. There's something not right here. This makes no sense. And then there's the third stage, which is not only do I think it makes no sense, I'm no longer cooperating with it. I'm no longer obeying this nonsense, which I can see is mm -hmm. only there to enslave us and not uh, anything whatsoever to do with health mm. but you know to to understand i mean I, you know I've, I've been researching this for for so long and mm. you know this global cult that uh, as i call it this web which operates in every country and is centrally uh, controlled this is why they could pull off the pandemic um, I mean, you you control the World Health Organization. Indeed, you created it via the Rockefeller family. You now own it through funding uh, through Bill Gates, which who is a 100 percent asset of this cult. Yeah. Um, and the World Health Organization uh, appoints a director general called Ted Ross, who's a complete crook from Ethiopia and uh, was on the board of two Bill Gates companies uh, or massively funded Bill Gates organizations before he was made uh, um, head of the World Health Organization. So when Ted Ross is speaking, Gates is speaking. When Gates is speaking, the cult is speaking. So if you watch uh, how it's all played out, it's real simple. 
the World Health Organization makes recommendations or comes up with new research. In other words, uh, Gates has just handed them the script. And, and countries around the world, only, only a tiny, tiny few exceptions like Sweden, uh, countries around the world do what the World Health Organization tells them they should do. I've, you know, at the end of um, August, towards the end of August, um, it was the World Health Organization that said that um, we recommend uh, children 12 and over should wear masks. And within 24 hours, no, 48 at most, Nicola Sturgeon in Scotland, um, and, you know, this one woman uh, tyranny uh, in Scotland has announced that uh, children over 12 must wear masks. Why? Oh, because it's a recommendation from the World Health Organization. 24 hours or so later, uh, uh, Johnson's coming out. Um, in these um, new lockdown areas, uh, children uh, 12 and over should wear masks. Uh, why? Oh, well, it's a recommendation from the World Health Organization. It's the structure through how they played this out is mm -hmm. so simple. But the point is that, um, I, you know, I, I realized a long, long time ago that uh, this is uh, this whole conspiracy is psychological. You know, when there's a few of you and you want to control the many, you can't do it um, physically. You can't control them physically. There's too many people and too few of you. They want to do it physically through connections to AI, but they can't do it at the moment. So the only way that, that the few control the many is by the many programming the uh, or the few rather uh, programming the perceptions of the many. So once you control people's perceptions, you control their behavior because behavior comes from perception. So the whole focus of this conspiracy, the whole foundation of it is human perception and particularly the subconscious mind, because you can get into the subconscious mind without actually having to make a cogent argument for what you're saying. You might have to do that to an extent to the conscious mind. Are we going to introduce masks already? Well, what, why are you introducing masks? So, OK, um, how can we keep the, the uh, conscious mind happy? Um, oh, it's to protect your health. Oh, and it's to protect the health of other people. So if you won't uh, wear them, we can say you don't care about the health of other people. That's just psychology as well. Um, and and so that, that's what they do for the conscious mind. But the subconscious mind is what they're after. Because if you can put in perceptions uh, at that level, they seep through to the conscious mind in the form that people think they're having their own uh, thoughts, they're having their own conclusions, they're coming mm -hmm. to their, their, their own opinions, when actually they've been put in at a subconscious level. You, you see this all the time with subliminal advertising. Mm -hmm. They put um, inserts into adverts that the conscious mind can't see, but the subconscious mind picks up, and it affects perception of whether they buy the mm -hmm. product or not, which is well known. Um, and so the mask is overwhelmingly subconscious it's about um it's a symbol and you know this global cult and all its satanic um uh, sub groups and covens and secret societies they have this whole language of what of symbolism 
course, we see the obvious ones like the pyramid and all-seeing eye and the, the lighted torch, the illuminated ones held by the Statue of Liberty and so on. But there's a whole language, which has been in my books for a long, long time, going back to the 90s, of, of, um, of symbolism because mm. the language of the subconscious mind is symbolism. We dream symbolically. We very rarely dream literally. We dream symbolically because it's the language of the subconscious, symbolism. So mm. they use symbolism to change perception and to affect people's sense of self, sense of identity. So you put a mask on someone or, or say you want to symbolize um, someone being silenced, well, you put something over their mouth um, and, and you want to uh, uh, make someone start to lose their sense of individuality and the individuality of people around them will put a mask on them. Everyone basically looks the same. And what, what do they become? They become faceless people. We communicate with each other through facial expression. It's one of the major, major um, communication uh, systems is, is facial expression. Well, you take that away. Mm -hmm. uh, and and you, uh, you want to dehumanize people. Uh, so you put a mask on them and crucially, what you're doing is you're affecting um, their health by denying them the amount of oxygen that the body needs. And also people are breathing in their own carbon dioxide, which the body's trying to expel. So uh, that starts to, to uh, create respiratory problems. What are they going to call them? COVID-19. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and so um, it's but it's not just um, physical health that they're targeting. Uh, it's. It's psychological health. So um, uh, a few weeks ago, I, I got uh, contacted uh, by a lady who's a survivor of MKUltra, uh, the infamous uh, American government military CIA mind control program that came out publicly, or bits of it did, nothing like the real thing, uh, in the 1970s. And um, she was involved in, a, in a, an elite offshoot of MKUltra known as Project Monarch. Um, and I met her, I met her, Kathy O'Brien, and I met her in 1996 for the first time. Yes, I'm aware. Uh, I started um, uh, researching. She's done amazing work. She has yeah. uh, come out with yeah. amazing work. Absolutely. And her daughter, Kelly, who I also met um, a long time ago, um, was born when Kathy was in MKUltra. So she was oh. born into captivity. And the reason that Kathy contacted me uh, a few weeks ago was to point out that from the age of two, Kelly um, was forced to wear a mask. And uh, Kathy was saying it, it was for many reasons, but it was two main reasons. Um, one, deleting her sense of self-identity uh, and individuality, but also to reduce the amount of oxygen um, being uh, made available to the brain, because that would um, help to um, in the mind control, in the perception manipulation. And, and uh, maybe about a week ago, 10 days ago, um, after I'd written about this and done videos on it, uh, a uh, German uh, consultant ne uh, neurologist uh, came out, you may, you've probably seen it, and, and said that she didn't wear a mask because of the damage it would do to her brain and her cognitive state when she's treating people. Uh, and uh, she was pointing out the uh, potentially catastrophic effects on the brain of um, constant um, reduction of oxygen. And she pointed out 
that children and young people are the ones that are most affected. Everyone's affected, but most affected because at that time of still, you know, fast development, um, the the organs uh, and the brain uh, require uh, large amounts of oxygen, which mm -hmm. if you put masks on kids and masks on young people, they're not getting. And she mm -hmm. said something very, um, very important that, um, if if you um, start to you know go into a, a, a cognitive deficiency where you you can't remember your phone number or something um, as you get older, um, she said, well that uh, the brain changes to bring that about would have started twenty or thirty years before, and so she's pointing out that this suppression of oxygen the brains of young people with um, the masks, especially the long-term masks. I mean, look at these people working in shops. They're, they've got them on all day. Yeah. I, like I say, where do they want to take it? You can't leave your home without a mask. Um, and, and she was pointing out that 20, 30 years from now, you're going to see um, young people getting cognitive problems way before um, previous generations um, if this uh, goes on. Mm -hmm. um, and and so, you know, it, it is a time to look at this and say, what's more important? Uh, my ch my children's cognitive future, cognitive present too. Mm. Uh, by the way, she was pointing out that that part of the brain that's most affected affected by uh, reduction in oxygen is is that that is to do with learning and to do with memory. Um, so is it more important to um, to say I'm going to stand up for my children's cognitive future or to say, well, well, I'm gonna, I don't know. I don't know if I can say no to authority or say, can't say no to authority. You mean the authority that's destroying your child's brain? Yeah. And I tell you, although the ludicrous ones, you know, that play this out. Um, are just reading a script and doing what they're told and acquiescing to the people above them and all that, you get to that inner core. They know exactly what they're doing. They know exactly what they're doing to children and young yeah. people. And to, it's to, really, to the public in general. Yeah, and it's really interesting you bring that up because I'm I'm very keen to um, highlight the, the 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 impact that it does have to our precious children and the next generation. And when you talk about the oxygen levels, it's not just the cognitive element; it actually causes cancer. When you have less depletion of oxygen, that cannot get to the right organs and cannot um, restore your body and the blood that is going around your body. Uh, it actually brings on cancer. So I believe that we will be seeing in you know another five years or another 10 years a massive increase again of cancer and if this continues um you know um a lot more deaths are going to come around a lot a lot sooner uh, and when you talk about the masks as well uh, just going back to the impact in relation to mk ultra and, and satanic ritual abuse uh, i too had somebody contact me with exactly the same saying that every time that she's walking down the street now these traumatic instances that happened to her as a child is being relived again and again and again. And, and this is this total disregard for this. You know, nobody's talking about it. Well, no, I mean, you know, most people, they don't have the self-respect, unfortunately, 
to look outside the mainstream for information. You know, if, take... if, it's, if it's not on the BBC or CNN or Matt Hancock's not, not reading a statement, then, then well, I don't know what's happening. When, you know, although the censorship is, is massive and getting more and more extreme because they're terrified of, of information because their narrative is so ludicrous, it's so easy to take it apart. So the only way they can protect it is by censoring people taking it apart. But still, it's possible to, to go and find this, this information if you, um, if you uh, choose to look for it. And that's self-respect. See, this is the key. This is one of the key elements is self-respect because it's self-respect that's topped every tyranny in history mm. because it's self-respect that says, no, uh, I, I I absolutely. I'm I'm what you're telling me to do. I know what you're telling me to do it and I'm not doing it and you're not doing it to my kids. We're not having it. That's what self-respect does. Yes. Respect says, am I going to work, walk around? in a freaking face nappy because some prat like Hancock tells me I have to. Are you having a laugh? My self-respect won't allow it. Um, and it's self-respect that says no. Uh, and, and what they're trying to do, again, we come back to psychology. They're trying to break people's spirit and break people's self-respect hmm. uh, and bring them into submission because you take self-respect away. What's left? Just so what they're doing just very quickly is they are, you know, people say it's mad what they're doing. It's bureaucratic stupidity. Well, are there stupid bureaucrats? Yeah. Are there stupid politicians? Oh, dear. Lots of them. But behind them at the core of the core where this is coming from, they're mm. not stupid. They may be evil, uh, but they're not. Uh, intellectually stupid and what they're doing is not um, trying to hide from us that these rules regulations and impositions are contradictory ridiculous and um, make no sense they want us to see that because if they can get us to see it and still do it they are destroying our self-respect and that's why self-respect has brought down every tyranny because it says, I ain't doing it. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Um, a great story I saw on my Facebook stream today was a young 14-year-old um, explaining that in his school, um, he, he decided to come without a mask. The teachers are now making him be the last one that goes in to get his food. He's literally got a 15 to 20-minute break. He has to wait for everyone else to get out with their food before he can get his. He's got five minutes to eat his food. And then at the end of the day, he has to wait for every single person to leave the school before he goes. And what was his message to the camera? Age 14, wake up, everyone. You've got to say no. <laughs> yeah, well, him. well, good on him. Yeah. That's the spirit. That's, that's the spirit of self-respect. But it mm. all... Yeah. It also says something else. It, 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 you know, if you want idiocy, then appoint idiots. If you want conformity, then appoint people who will conform. And, and you know, the teachers in that, um, in that school should be sent individually a mirror 
which which they should take time looking at and and just take a take a, a breath and and look at what they're doing to someone who's expressing their uniqueness because the schools have long i mean even when i went to school i went to school from the 1950s you know i'm old um <laughs> but um, the uh they they were kind of programming centers then but nothing nothing like on the scale they are now they are yes. they are basically places of mind control this is what yes. the schools are they are perception programming organizations and this is why when when you get kids that stand out from the from the herd and won't have it like that lad that's where that's when the system turns on them but this mm. is the point you know as adults we stand out from the herd the system will turn on us yes of course mm. it will no one said it would be easy the point is though this is where self-respect comes in you stand your ground even so yes mm. and yeah. it, it it all plays back you know like you say uh, 50 60 years ago schools were slightly different but they've always had an agenda to indoctrinate yeah. Uh, you know, uh, sending um, sending uh, people off to war so that the other 50% could be working and taxed and then you have to send your children to these government-sponsored indoctrination camps. And then uh, along the way, they drop uh, English grammar so you no longer know the deception with words. And then they drop your constitution so you no longer know your rights. And now all we have is conformity and unity, like you say, and, and, and a real... Um, uh, you know, when 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 kids do speak out, or, or even teachers, they're made an example of, so that yeah. nobody, you know, no one else does it. And it's such a shame because all of what people fail to recognise is the level of mind control, the level of programming that has actually mm. happened to us for the last hundred, even long, you know, even longer than a hundred years, but particularly in the last hundred years. Uh, we've yeah. given up our responsibility. We've abrogated our responsibility for education, for health, for uh, government. You know, is it any wonder that we are in this mess? We've handed it all over. You raise an important point, which is which is responsibility. Um, it's it's very easy to say um, I we are in this uh, trouble because of them. Now, you know, I spent 30 years um, uncovering them and the nature of them, but them can only impose their will upon us if we acquiesce to them and if we don't take responsibility. So, you know, what's been happening in America, um, for instance, it will have happened in other countries, but I've seen many examples of the American um, situation because the schools um, have been closed for, for months and they've been doing like these virtual classes from home. Parents have been hearing what they're being taught and how they're being taught by these programmers called teachers. Now, I'm not casting aspersions on every teacher. There's some wonderful teachers. I'm talking about these extremists and they're more and more in number because why, why wouldn't you appoint people like that if that's what you want? Like, you know, you want idiocy appoint idiots it just mm. self-perpetuating system mm. when you do that mm. um, so, so uh, the responsibility has been all along okay bye-bye i'll see you at four or three so what's going on in, in the meantime what's happening in between i i i hear uh, you know oh the classes are too big and this that and the other but i don't very rarely hear 
So what are the kids being taught? What's happening to the kids when they're when, when we let, uh, leave them at the gate? You know, and and this is why more and more people, awakened people, are, are, are doing um, homeschooling uh, mm -hmm. to, to get the kids out of the, the programming system. Uh, and uh, but but it is it is about um, responsibility. But you know, that in terms of education, the, the, the connections when you um, when you research this in great detail, the same people keep coming up all over the place. Like Gates is you know, was coming up in my books way, way up in multiple situations, way before current events. But you have um, J.D. Rockefeller, the oil tycoon. He was the guy who who created um, modern education Health. in America. Healthcare as well. Yeah. J.D. Rockefeller was the same person that destroyed the um, the medical system that existed before and brought in big pharma scalpel or drug medicine same man who started mm. american education the same family created the world health organization which is now dictating the pandemic mm. response so mm. it, it's a very very small small world and it's all part of one web of control mm. uh, and and it's all founded on get their perception you get their behavior you get them Social Marxism, collectivism, um, the education system based on the old Prussian revol uh, Prussian education system, isn't it? The big Carnegie foundations that sponsor all the the pension funds for all the the universities. You're a cap you're a captured community, aren't you? Uh, if you're in education, you're totally captured. Are we, are we what they've done very quickly uh, over mm. seven generations now um, is they've so controlled the education system, not just the schools, but the universities and the colleges, that they're turning out now, um, not a whole old generations, there's so many uh, uh, young people that are awake, but, but vast numbers of young people who go under the title of woke. And, and the, 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 the programmed perceptual manipulation is so total that the, the woke, think they're anti-establishment mm. when the woke uh, yeah. mentality has been created and and its organizations funded by um some of the richest people in the world yeah. multi multi-billionaire individuals and corporations mm. are funding this so why would someone like george soros who said um i don't uh basically uh, care about the social consequences of what I do. I'm only there to make money. Why would he be funding woke so-called left-wing organizations to the tune of hundreds of uh, uh, millions of, of dollars? Why would he? Because they have hijacked the left in politics uh, and they've turned it into woke. This is why we don't have a left-wing Labour Party. We don't have left-wing Democrats in America. We, we have um, uh, basically a one-party state. I mean, you look at um, what's happening in this country, uh, in, in how the, uh, the Labour Party, which is supposed to represent working people and, 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 and people in, uh, you know, in, in economic uh, uh, stress, that's what it was created for by Keir Hardy at the turn of the 20th century. And now we have another Keir, nothing like the other one, Starmer, who not only is not um, pushing back on the destruction of the lives of working people in this country, 
but he's saying he's not going far enough. Yeah. I mean, you know, and the same is, same is happening in, in the United States with, with, with the Democrats. So what's happened is the 1% has hijacked um, the left in politics and turned it into its vehicle. I grew up in Leicester uh, in the 1950s, 1960s, um, in, in, a, in a, a, a Labour Party household. The father was a, a, a vehement Labour Party supporter, though he was very, uh, very, very uh, sceptical about the people who ran it. But he supported uh, its um, its alleged aims before it was hijacked by by Blair and others and turned into what it is now. So, and and you know, in those days, um, the left uh, would go on marches. The young would go on marches demanding freedom of speech. Um, whereas now they go on marches demanding it's deleted. This is the scale of the the inversion that's happened. Mm. And, and you can you can predict the woke reaction. So when Brexit came along, you knew that the woke, the one percent uh, creation created mentality, would be against Brexit. When this came along, it, who is who is you know, going on about people not wearing masks and do this and do that. The other, it's, it's the woke mentality. It's just basically submitted and, 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 and folded over. Um, and it, it's, it's, um, it's those um, uh, that are not uh, from the woke mentality who are actually pushing back against it. It's like mm -hmm. an alliance of, of mm -hmm. people, many, many different backgrounds, colors, creeds, sexualities, who were pushing back on this? You know, when I when I spoke a couple of times now in um, in Trafalgar Square, uh, you you saw the whole spectrum of human society, color, creed, sexuality, all together in mm -hmm. unity, in harmony, in common cause, in, in pursuit of freedom. So you have you have this um, you have this uh, this 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 unity of of very very different people who have the same goal which is which is freedom for all whereas mm. you have so much of this woke mentality that claims to be anti-establishment that just reads from the script of the establishment and it gets uh, and, and pushes back on those people who are who are pointing out that we're watching fascism unfold before our eyes yeah it it they get they get sent down a cul-de-sac, don't they? And and they the the left and right just prop each other up, but don't achieve anything. Just push against a false. Well, that's what they paradigm. want. Yeah, absolutely. Now, I I want to make a comment, Simone, if I may, because I'm a little bit independent from this. Uh, August and September Trafalgar Squares were absolutely epic. Simone and everyone organising did an amazing job. David, you you punctured through the heavenlies i think and and hit home an amazing message on both occasions we want to thank you for that because it was absolutely stunning and the other speakers i mean your your boy gareth did an amazing job too um we we absolutely. we know we noticed that those those events really got noticed around the world and we've we've been told so by people in the states very so, much so. i've had a lot of feedback from all over the world for those events so g give us your take on the awakening in general terms, you know, the other countries. Have you been watching what else is going on? Yeah. Well, you know, the way it's gone um, it w w was actually quite, quite predictable. 
um, in the sense that the what people were faced with at the start was an unknown because all this stuff apparently coming out of China and there's a whole story to tell about all that uh, but it was an unknown um, so a lot of people and I kind of understand it um, said well better be safe than sorry so when they said oh lockdown because oh it's going to be and, and this this Gates owned, Gates funded uh, uh, bloke, um, Professor Neil Ferguson, who came out with the uh, the computer models with the ludicrous projections for deaths in America and Britain, uh, which which basically they've admitted were were the motivation for the lockdown, the excuse for the lockdown. Mm. Uh, they um, they would have scared a lot of people, and and it was unknown. Um, so, someone like me who's, who's been uh, researching this crowd for 30 years, uh, could see through it because, you know, when you've been researching for 30 years, you read them like a book. If you don't, what have you been doing for 30 years? Um, and, and you know, so I was I was pushing against it uh, then, but I understood why, why people weren't. But what's happened as the summer has unfolded to present day, like I mentioned earlier, is the claims of the deadly virus and um, all that goes with it uh, and and the justification of of the deadly virus in transformation of society has increasingly made no sense to people hmm. and alongside that and my goodness was this predictable or what um we've seen people's livelihoods be devastated um you know, hmm. businesses employment with those businesses devastated uh, and and those things are built up and built up, and we're we're starting to reach a point where the waters are starting to burst, mm. um, and and uh, so you see more and more um, uh, stories of different cities, different countries where people are starting to push back on this, uh, and uh, it's very very um, encouraging, and and I'm sure the um, uh, the cult. Um, is not at all pleased with what's uh, what's happening in that regard. And you can see that because um, the pushback on the vaccine um, mm. is, is getting stronger and stronger. And you can see them trying to respond to it. You know, when, I mean, I've, I've learned this <laughs> from personal experience, when people are having a go at you and people are trying to censor you, what they're doing is telling you you're right, telling you you're on the right track. So what they're trying to do now, if you notice, they're trying to demonize anti-vaxxers. They're mm -hmm. trying to demonize non-mask wearers. Have you seen this latest rubbish in the papers this week? That you, you are more uh, likely to be deceitful and, and uh, antisocial and, and all these things um, if you don't wear a mask, you know. No, you, you, you actually tend to be more intelligent, I find. But um, the... Um, you, you can see the pushback, you know, there in America on um, like uh, billboards next to bus stops, etc. They've got a poster which has um, someone uh, wearing a mask saying normal person and someone not wearing a mask and then some, you know, um, label of abuse. And, and, and it's everywhere you look now, this demonization, because they are. Um, getting very concerned that that people are starting to see it 
uh, and um, and more and more will. You know, when this furlough ends this month, we're very close to it now, and people start to get more and more consequences uh, for the actions taken by government, um, then they'll push back more. And, and you know, what they're going to do, uh, and I said this back in March, I mean, it's a script. What they're going to do through uh, the months uh, coming through uh, the uh, Christmas period and into 2020 in the spring, they're going to throw everything at us. Mm-hmm. They are going to throw the kitchen sink, the, 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 the bathroom sink, the bath, everything at us to try to um, batter us into submission. Coercion. That's where self-respect comes in. 100%. And we mustn't be battered into submission. Mm-hmm. I mean, who are these people? You know? mm-hmm. I mean, we supposed to be intimidated by them, crikey. Mm-hmm. You, you know, uh, who are they? Yes, they, they only have power because we give them our power. They have no power themselves, and we need to stop giving it to them. And that means we stop acquiescing with them. We stop believing their bloody nonsense. I noticed um, just before I I, I uh, came on that Cristiano Ronaldo, um, that of course the uh, the fantastic footballer, has just come out and said the PCR test is bullshit. Ah, great. He, He's just tested positive for the third time. <laughs> uh, and, uh, of course, the, the PCR test, which is not testing for the virus, they've even isolated the virus and shown it exists, um, uh, is, uh, is the whole foundation of what's going on currently. You know, you have more and more tests with a test not testing for the virus, so you get false positives. I say 100% false positives uh, where they're positive. Um, uh, especially the cycle they're doing cases for more fascism hmm. yeah. it's absolutely create the excuse to to do what the script says you need to do at this stage it's apparent cristiano ronaldo must have millions of followers sorry simone he must have yeah. millions of followers that's that's good news <laughs> Yeah, I think I think you know he said a few things over the years that that have indicated you know he's a bright lad, yeah, and um, you know when you're a footballer and and you are as uh, super fit as he is and you've tested three times, I mean no wonder he's saying PCR is bullshit. Which, which it's very very powerful that he said that because uh, mm. like you say, a lot of people hear it, um, and yes. you know when you've got the creator of the PCR test, which is producing all these cases. They're not, mm-hmm. not, but we're told it is. Um, saying um, Kerry Mullis's name was saying that um, uh, the PCR test should not be used to uh, diagnose infectious disease because it cannot detect free infectious viruses. Then you know there's a scam on when that's exactly what they're using. Um, um, and, and by the way, just a very quick one. Something I I, I saw this mm-hmm. afternoon that one of the guys in Germany uh, who came out with these, these new PCR tests, tests for the virus. Um, he, he, he came out with it um, or started to develop it before any knowledge of this was uh, of this virus was known. <laughs> you know, and, and you look, um, you look at these these PCR tests they're using. They come out from from different, um, you know, sources. They all came out almost as one unit exactly at the right time so mm. that they could um, they could produce all these uh, fake cases. And, you know, uh, Roche, one of, uh, there are others too, but Roche, the uh, drug company, um, on on the boxes of, it, of the PCR tests that it 
circulates, it actually says um, cannot be used to diagnose infection. Says <laughs> yeah. on the box. And that's what they're using it for. It's all a joke. Really and to make, to make matters worse, Dan Aston Gregory, who spoke with you on the 26th, he phoned up Imperial College this week and said, you know you're reporting all these cases. Well, how many of these cases have got symptoms? How many are being treated for COVID? And they couldn't answer that question. Oxford University couldn't answer that question either. So between the two think tanks, they've just got a whole bunch of numbers, which mean absolutely nothing. Well, they can't, uh, they can't answer that question, but the House of Cards will come down if they did. Um, and it, and if, if you look at the, um, the, the current graph um, of um, the average of deaths from all causes um, in recent years and the average of deaths uh, uh, or the, the deaths of 2020, they're the same currently. And yet I we're having... they're less at the moment. Yeah, they're but all the lockdowns and impositions because... As I said earlier, breaking it down is so simple. Mm. There's a script for the um, transformation of human society into a fascist global dictatorship um, with a world government uh, dictating to uh, a, a, an unelected technocratic world government dictating to, um, to everybody, to every community. And there... Um, what's happening in the world currently with this COVID nonsense is simply to provide the excuse to introduce that. Because mm. without the excuse, they couldn't justify that. Which, which is why I believe that the tests are one of the areas that I believe needs to come down pretty pretty darn quick, if you, if you ask me. This is the whole reason why they're stacking it up as they are, because of cases no longer deaths, no longer hospitalizations. The language has completely flipped and it's now all about cases. Well, when we know that the cases are meaningless if they're not translating into hospitalizations or deaths. And the tests, as we know it, are DNA harvesting. You know, they, they've put within mm. the Coronavirus Act 2020 that they can now retain your DNA indefinitely, which is something that they've always wanted to do under yeah. the guise of coronavirus. It's not even COVID-19. So, you know, we all have coronaviruses in us. So the whole deception, it's interwoven. And, and I really do believe the tests are the area that needs to be broken down. We need like a human rights lawyer uh, because the NHS, which is now obviously masquerading as a COVID response unit on behalf of the government and is no longer for the people, by the people, um, they are withholding critical treatment unless you have a test which is, as we know, is meaningless and it's based on pseudoscience. Yeah. So it goes against people's religions because it means that you're actually being experimented on. Um, and I believe that this is the uh, one area that needs to be brought down because it's the only thing that's actually allowing them to keep purporting all these numbers, all these cases and keep ramp up yeah. the fear. Uh, well, I mean, another inversion is that it's all about protecting the NHS when the script is to destroy the NHS. That, that's the whole point. Uh, and, and to hand it off to the uh, corporations eventually. But, you know, I, I said uh, last uh, March, early April, um, that um, when we come round again to the autumn winter, th then everything that moves is going to be COVID-19. So mm. we are now in a transition. See, during, um, when, when you are... Um, getting your cases from a fake test, 
and you're getting your deaths um, overwhelmingly. We could get a, a, a whole program on 5G uh, and its impact on respiratory uh, uh, problems. Uh, but um, when you're getting your, your deaths from COVID-19 overwhelmingly from uh, fraudulent death certificates where you, you, you have a test, you test positive, whatever you die of is going to be COVID-19 even if you're hit by a bus, um, then um, you are, um, and especially, of course, um, your ability to re-diagnose death certificates works far easier if the person has died of some form of respiratory disease. Hmm. They're doing it for almost anything, but, I mean, respiratory disease is the easiest one to do. Um, and so during the, the summer, I mean, I saw some figures from the uh, British Lung Foundation said that um, respiratory disease in the summer drops by 80 percent. So your 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 potential for for that re-diagnosis of death certificates obviously falls in the summer. And, and what they've been doing is moving from deaths, which was the, the, the figure uh, of fear um, in the um, in the spring. Uh, they've moved into cases, but where the, what they're about to do now, we're just at the cusp of it, is they're going to start moving to deaths again, because what they're going to do is re-diagnose um, uh, as COVID nineteen and anything that moves through the through the uh, through the winter. And what you've got, you've got more and more um, respiratory impact of the masks, the long term wearing of masks. Uh, th that could well start to affect the young, which will say, oh, it's mutating and it's affecting the young now. And and what um, I saw a, a graph this afternoon, uh, flu has bloody disappeared. It has. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> you know, you know the, the, recent, <laughs> the recent winter in the southern hemisphere. Um, flu disappeared in South Africa in the biggest in the well in the province where the biggest city of cities South Africa is um, uh, Johannesburg and the capital Pretoria. Uh, the, at the point I read, which was probably late August, they'd had one uh, case of flu, but COVID nineteen, right? And in Australia, uh, twenty nineteen flu, twenty twenty flu, you know. And mm. I photographed this afternoon that this is actually playing out across the world. Flu has disappeared. Why? Because being re-diagnosed COVID-19. Mm, and so yes. we're going to see them now um, in, in the weeks that are unfolding. They're going to move um, from uh, frightening people with, with or trying to with cases because of the, yes. the nature of the summer to, to deaths again by, by redesignating a cause of death to COVID-19. And you notice that in Manchester that it just opened, reopened the Nightingale, right? Mm -hmm. they're, they're starting yes. to move into this. Uh, we're going to terrify them with deaths. And uh, they are going to try to make it uh, appear catastrophic mm -hmm. because, again, as I, you know, being wise after the event i said this again in march early april in the run-up to the vaccine if um covid19 uh, if you if you take it to be real um and i don't disappeared um then where's the motivation for people to have the vaccine there mm -hmm. is well, what do you mean mm -hmm. vaccine it's gone in it so it was obvious that through this period 
um, through the winter towards when they introducing this vaccine that they were going to throw the sink and the, and, the, and, and the bathroom sink and the bath, etc. And try to terrify people into believing there is some kind of big catastrophe going on because it's all about getting them to ac accept the vaccine, um, which, of course, is only the first of a series of COVID-19 vaccines, COVID-21 vaccines that, um, that they have planned. Well, there has been some pretty catastrophic trials, haven't there? There's G GSK have had someone die, and who is the other company begins with M? I think also had a few people. Moderna, 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 yeah, You know, when 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 you appreciate the web and how it works, every one of those companies is ultimately controlled by the same force, mm. um, and and uh, you know so. Um, it, it, it's it, it's all it's all a global script unfolding, and you see these different companies, and you see the World Health Organization, Facebook, and uh, Google, and YouTube, uh, mm -hmm. Moderna, but uh, Imperial College. But actually, they are all attached to the same web, and therefore they're all working as one unit. So, yeah. the World Health Organization gives the narrative, the cult narrative that they want people to believe about the, quote, virus. And Silicon Valley censors people that challenge the World Health Organization narrative. Mm. Um, and this is not by, by chance. It's because the same web controls Silicon Valley that controls the World Health Organization. Once you get to this level of the web, it's so simple how it's done. That's true. Now sorry i must ask i must ask because david um some some of our viewers will know this and i know robin knows this i only woke up to all of this in january uh, i'm very new i didn't even know who you were that's how green i was and uh, the reason why i say that is because you've mentioned a few times that you have been researching this for 30 odd years maybe even longer and i just cannot imagine I cannot imagine what you must have gone through throughout 30 odd years of knowing this stuff that is coming at us at train wreck. I mean, it's, it's already, it's, it's happened all within your lifetime um, and it's accelerating at speed. And I, I just can't imagine how, how have you kept yourself sane? Um, <laughs> well, some of you believe I haven't, but. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but but you know um, in a Within world of, in a world of insane, um, if if you're perceived as sane, then you've got a problem, really. Yes. Um, but once once you realise what's going on, and I realised this, uh, I, I wrote a book. I actually just looking looking through it the other day. It was called "The Robots Rebellion," and it was published in 1993. So I wrote it in 92, 93. Um, and the Robots Rebellion uh, was titled because um, I, I was saying in the book, we need a, a Robots Rebellion, a rebellion of the people who've been programmed um, oh. not to see what's, what's planned. We need a Robots Rebellion because this, mm. is, this, is, this is what's planned. Um, and this is 1993. So when, when you realize that and you've got kids and now I've got grandkids, and you see other kids, you know, you know, you, you, you literally walk down the street and the schools are coming out or something. And you see these young, young, young kids and you think, oh, what a world you're going to live in unless we head this off. 
Mm. Um, and uh, so that's the motivation that drives you on. You know, you I, I went through historic levels of ridicule and abuse. Um, I still get lots of it, but, you know, one ear and out the other. Um, it doesn't touch the sides. But, you know, I went through that. Uh, but when you can see what's coming and what's planned, unless unless people awaken to it, um, then that's what drives you on. Mm, so, uh, you know, how could, well, you know something, mate? Uh, I, I've, um, through these 30 years, I've seen people come in this arena and I've seen them go. And I've seen them come and I've seen them go. And I'm thinking, well, I can understand that bit, but I don't follow that bit. Yeah. Where are you now? Where are you? If you get at some idea of what is planned, you look around you and the people that are going to have to live in that world, what are you doing walking away? I, mm. I don't get it. Um, so and I've never been able to because that's driven me on. And, and I've, all, I've always, always, um, I've always had this um, this feeling that it had to get really bad for us to turn this around. Because while while this thing was operating under the radar. It was manipulating people's lives. It was manipulating people's perceptions in so many ways. Um, and it was moving towards current events. But mm. it wasn't totally really on public display, wasn't it? Mm. So it had to get bad for, for, for this to be turned around because only when it got bad and it was here would, would enough people start to say, hold on a minute, the world's not like I thought it was, what's going on? And, you know, I, I've used this phrase many times over the years about life giving you your greatest gifts brilliantly disguised as your worst nightmare. And, and that's happened to me. I mean, my worst, you know, my worst nightmare was being ridiculed. Um, and I experienced that world, that worst nightmare on a historic scale in the uh, in the mm-hmm. 1990s. And it, it was the greatest gift. It was mm-hmm. the greatest gift because it mm-hmm. set me free of caring what other people thought. Yes. Um, and, and, man. and once you once you let go of that, that's that's freedom on a, a level that's difficult to comprehend until you've been through it. You say what you believe. You don't go through mental gymnastics. Yeah. Uh, what do I leave out here? Uh, or what can I say? How can I put this so they won't think I'm crazy? I don't give a damn if people think I'm crazy. Mm-hmm. I give a damn about uh, uncovering the truth and making people aware of, of what's coming unless we um, mm-hmm. we stop acquiescing with, with our own uh, uh, emerging uh, tyranny. But what mm-hmm. we're seeing now on a collective level it's that same thing. If we would look at it from that angle, we are we are being faced with our worst nightmare. I mean, what's going on is horrific, and what's planned is even more horrific. Mm-hmm. But it's also a gift because it's put what's been happening all these years and decades, indeed, centuries, if the truth be told. If you yeah. want to go, as I do in the books, yeah. put it here, mm. and so so many people are coming out of denial, are starting to see the world for what it is and the forces running it for what they are and where they uh, uh, plan to go. 
who never would have seen it without current events. So mm. I think there's a Chinese word that means both danger and opportunity. So I read somewhere. Crisis. Um, but that's true. Um, mm. This is, uh, this is uh, a period of danger, Oof. but it's also a period of opportunity. And that's mm. why um, events like um, this Saturday in Birmingham, where I'm going to be mm. um, with, with everybody, uh, are so important. It's why Trafalgar Square is so important. Now, yes. of course, the most important thing to bring an end to this is individuals and, and gathering together with mutual support in groups ceasing to cooperate with this nonsense, with this yes. um, enslavement, ceasing to do it, ceasing to cooperate with the enslavement and the abuse of their children. But to bring people together in, in as big a numbers as possible, uh, like in Birmingham and Trafalgar Square, it's also, I mean, you know, we talked earlier about symbolism. The symbolism of large numbers of people gathering in, in Birmingham on uh, Saturday um, is the symbol that says, look, look what's happening. Yes. Yeah. People are awakening. Yeah. Yes. They're not having it anymore. Yeah. And, and, yeah. and we, we, need a, we need a new normal. We need a new normal. Not their bloody new normal. But a new normal, a new normal in which these psychopaths no longer control human society. So this is not just, I would suggest, about mm. um, what is happening now with COVID-19. It's fundamentally about that. It's also about the bigger picture and removing these psychopaths from uh, controlling uh, human society, which they have under the radar all this time but now they've entered the room and they've entered the room and we can see it now we have an opportunity a gift to put it right awesome yes. awesome and just just uh, briefly um simone and david i'm going to bring up the the infographic so excuse me david i'm just going to put it on screen we're still here we're still here so there we go folks october 31st uh this weekend we have david we have gareth and jamie dave yes, murphy the trinity you guys have never <laughs> spoken before so it would good to get your view on that uh, after this but yes go we have ahead, dave murphy time. mark Steele, simone our very own miss simone mark devlin who feels like our very own mark now Sandy Adams, <laughs> and it looks like you got through to tim simone that's good yes news. yes we did awesome. Awesome. And there's going to be so many more people there as well. We, you know, we want, we don't think it should be just about London. This should be about all, this happening all over the country, especially the North, since that, that's the target uh, for, for these lockdowns and to break their spirit and to break their community and to put them into further depression. It's, it's, it's really harrowing to see. So we do need to ensure that uh, we have visibility all around the country, not just in London. One one hundred percent, and uh, you know um, the, uh, the like I say, the symbolism of a large gathering of people saying we're not having it. And and I'd say something else too. And you'll know this, having been in Trafalgar Square. You know, when 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 people are, you know, maybe they're in a family and the rest of the family have bought it. Whether they're they've got a job and most of the people around them have bought it. Um, to be um, in that crowd, I mean, the, the, the energy, the atmosphere in Trafalgar Square, when you've mm. got all those open minds together, all those open mm. hearts, 
together too. And that that uh, that mentality, we're not having it. Mm, uh, yeah. When you when you gather large numbers of people like that, it's just an absolute joy to um, to be among them and to be part of it. And so, um, if anyone thinks they're on their own, well, come to Birmingham on Saturday, and you'll see you're not. Yes. Fantastic. And I think that's a brilliant way to end uh, the show tonight, David. Do you think so, Simone? Yeah, great. I mean, I, I do have uh, one question for you from mm. one of our audience uh, members. And it okay. just is about the, um, you know, waking people up. I think this is a real, you know, people are, you know, we, we talk about being the 99%. And yes, in a way, we are the 99%, but the 99% of us, uh, you know, aren't awake. And so they're not really the 99%. And so people are, you know, looking to you, David, as, as they always do, uh, look to leaders, look to inspiration, look to those who have answers. I'm not saying you have all the answers, but you have answers. And people um, are often asking, well, how do we do that, David? How do we, you know, is it just a matter of us not acquiescing and uh, getting into these groups, as you say, and resisting, building resistance, resistance up locally, or do you think there should be more? Well, you see, <laughs> we come back to perception, um, and I could go go into a whole long story about how perception dictates our experience, but it does, and it can be very simply explained. Your perception becomes your experience. Simple yeah. example. I'm little me, I have no power. That mentality is going to live a little me powerless life. Not because they are, but because their perception is that they are. So your your um, perception becomes your reality. Wow. Uh, so everything, everything, everything is perception becoming experience. So the sum total of human society, what we what we call human society, it's just a projection of the um perceptions yes. of seven odd billion people and 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 therefore those perceptions collectively whether it's in a town in a city in a country in a world become the experience hmm. you know the perception of people that there was a deadly virus in the spring got billions of people to go put themselves under house arrest yes um, but the perception became their reality Yes. And and so if your perception changes, your life changes. Hmm. If enough perceptions change, the world changes. So how do we, how do we do things? Um, how does it happen? It happens with our perceptions changing. If you, if, if you if people now um, stop acquiescing and stop um, uh, being frightened to speak their truth because what will people say about me, then their life will change and it will change for the better. They might not think it, it, it will. They'll think, oh, yeah, but what will happen if I do this or say this? Well, you know, yes, you'll have some challenges, but it, your life will change for the better, I can tell you. Mm -hmm. and, and, and so as, as we um, become less acquiescent, the projection of that means that the power of authority gets less and less and less. And how that plays out in in groups uh, that, that are formed or protests or whatever, that happens organically. It mm -hmm. happens as a result of the changed perception. 
Um, and you know, I, I, I can say this with confidence because it's happened in my life. Mm. You know, when you um, when you think, for instance, you're little me, then what you're doing is your your self identity is so limited that it plays out in the amount of consciousness that you're actually bringing in to your perceptual state. Because little me, its perception of little me, I have no power, means that it's actually operating on a very, very narrow band of consciousness. Mm. Mm. Because it, 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 it's, it is what it believes it is. Mm. But when you, when you start to um, break out of that and you realize that we're all part of one infinite consciousness and we can access as much of that consciousness as we want to choose to allow ourselves to do so, um, then you start to expand into, into more uh, expanded levels of consciousness. And what does that mean? It means you get insight, you get knowing, you get a greater awareness. Mm. Um, mm. You um, find that, and, and, I, and I've, I've, I've experienced this myself, but I've also talked to endless numbers of people who've experienced the same. What happens is you get caught in what I call the bubble. I talk about all this in a book called The Answer, which is not long out. You get caught in the bubble. It's a perceptual bubble. And, and, and you're operating on a very narrow, uh, limited amount of your potential awareness. And, and that makes you a, um, a sitting target for the programming of perception that comes from mm. the media, Silicon Valley, government, all of it, education. But, and that self-identity of I am little me, I have no power, um, is creating that experience and it's creating that bubble of awareness to mm. which you are self-limiting. Mm. When you, when you, you self-identify from I am little me or I am my label, whatever labels we call ourselves or we're given, to I am the consciousness having this experience and these labels of of I am a man, I'm a woman, I'm uh, this race, that race, uh, this uh, sexuality are merely experiences, very brief experiences in a very brief experience we call human and that we are the consciousness actually having that experience. And that consciousness is on an endless um, <laughs> journey of exploring forever, forever. This is just a brief experience called human. Then that self-identity from I am my labels, I am little me, to I am the consciousness having that experience, that self-identity expansion, that sense of self, that sense of I expansion, hmm. that takes you without any effort. It, it, it's a natural cause and effect. As you expand your self-identity, you expand the levels of consciousness that you're accessing. You burst the bubble. Mm. Now, from this level of perception, you're not seeing dots anymore. And you're not seeing random events anymore. You're seeing pictures. You're seeing patterns. You're seeing what's going on. And, and I was going to say, the whole point of, of where I'm going is my experience and the experience of lots and lots of people I spoke to around the world is 
that once you start to expand and you burst the bubble and you re-self-identify the nature of the I, you find suddenly that amazing coincidences start to happen and synchronicities mm. that never happened before. That's true. Because we, we are living um, within a field of possibility and probability mm. that connects us all, this energetic field that connects us all. It's beyond the human sight, but it connects us all. It's a for, You can symbolize it very simply as Wi-Fi, like Wi-Fi. Mm. Um, and, and, you know, if, if people didn't know about computers and Wi-Fi, told them there was a field of possibility and probability, uh, you know, around them, uh, and you could access it in South Africa or America or Britain if you had a computer, they'd say, well, you know, you're crazy, man. But because mm -hmm. people know about computers and Wi-Fi, and you say that, you say, oh, yeah, Wi-Fi, computers, I know about that. But the, the only difference you see between you're mad, mate, and yeah, I know about that, is knowledge. Yeah. Knowledge of computers and knowledge of Wi-Fi. Mm -hmm. um, and, and this is why the whole occult um, uh, system is to keep us limited in our knowledge. Mm. So as you expand your, your um, awareness, you are interacting with this field of possibility and probability in a much more expanded way, mm. as opposed to little me. And so little me, you are interacting, take it, um, the analogy of the uh, Wi-Fi, you're interacting with a very small part of it. Mm. And so your potential to put that on the screen is limited by the amount of Wi-Fi that you're connecting with. Mm. But when you expand your self-identity and you start to uh, reevaluate the nature of the I, I am consciousness having this mm. You are accessing greater swathes of this mm. um, field of possibility and probability. And as a result of that, you are able to manifest more and more incredible things, synchronistic things. So mm. you walk into, into, into a situation, into, um, into people, into uh, opportunities um, that you never will in that state but in that state you start it starts to happen so where do we go from here that is dictated by whether people want to stay here i am little me i am just my labels or whether we yeah. want to start self-identifying with the true i because when we do the synchronicity and the interactions mm -hmm. and the coincidences that yeah. start to happen at that level of awareness means that we we can bring this down very very quickly because mm. of the way that everything will unfold as an expression yeah. of the new state of awareness yeah and, and, and you I know a tiny few people this cult at its core you get it in one room can only control billions because they've put the billions there yeah that's the only reason they can do it and I'm, I'm when, 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 when humanity starts to do this and realize the true nature of who we are and not mm. the manipulated program nature we've been given, this will fall, this will end. Amazing. Um, the question is, how many people are going to go from there to there? Because that will decide the future of where the world goes from here. 
Well said, and I'm I'm minded of the uh, Arab Spring. How quickly that was a, a a dominoes. You know, it was like a lot of dominoes happened within a, a twelve month period, and we're kind of seeing that now in in the cities around the world. I've seen some amazing shots now of Iraq, Argentina, South Korea, loads of different nations rising up. So we'll we'll definitely echo what you're saying there, David. Let's wow. can, can I just say uh, that a, a little word of warning uh, for for people maybe. Yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. There's nothing more manipulatable than genuineness that's not streetwise. And mm. it's very, very important that people get aware of not just what's happening, but the techniques of manipulation. So, because the Arab Spring was 100% manipulated. Really, every, every nation. Oh, yeah. Mm. I, I thought somewhere, some weren't, but okay. It was it was manipulated by the cult, um, and I, I, I explain this in detail in some of my books. And one of the major funders and uh, backers of those that were behind it was George Soros mm. and his uh, Open Society Foundations. So it's, it's very very important Man. that when we are pushing back, we push back with um, with awareness and with streetwiseness because if we're not aware. They can get you to push back on things in ways that they want you to push back. For instance, yes. this woke mentality is driving political correctness. Yes. And political correctness is nothing less and nothing more than yes. manipulating the target population to silence itself. Now, if you are aware, if you have awareness of how it works, the woke mentality would never be pushing political correctness, yes. which is just a form of uh, a, 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 another form of fascism. Well said. <laughs> Thanks for that. Thank that is yeah. really astute. Thank you for that. Okay. Um, well, I think we've we've definitely taken a good chunk of your evening, David. It's been a pleasure, and and yeah. thank you so much for doing it. We really yeah, do appreciate it. I'm so um, excited. Oh, Come on. I was going to say, I'm so excited, and it is you, Gareth, and Jamie. Uh, this is a first for for that. You guys have never shared the stage together to talk before, have you? Have, Not or have you? No. no. So this I is a first. Where, I, I don't know where they get it from. <laughs> <laughs> well, you need to pass the baton, Mr. Ike. You know, that's what they're for. They're to be passed to the next generation. And you know what? They're doing a splendid job. You should be so proud of them. We're yeah. so um, grateful that you've come on today. We're so grateful that you are going around the country and really inspiring people and helping people to, to raise that awareness, raise their level of consciousness. We thank you so much for everything that you've done, for all the trauma that you've been through yourself, you know, for putting your neck on the line, you know, paving the way. We're just so grateful that we can share the screen with you today and, and hear a little bit about where you're at. So thank you. Pleasure. It's it's all worth it now. Yes, awesome. it is. All the more thank sweeter, you, huh? I'll see you Saturday, eh? Yeah, we'll see you out now, David. Uh, we'll play a little outro, but uh, feel free to, to go uh, uh, to go now. That's absolutely brilliant. So I'm going to play the Freedom Files um, outward music and say thank you to everyone in the chat. Episode 18 is a wrap. Do do uh, do attend on Saturday. Have a brilliant time. Thanks once again and see you again soon. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of The Freedom Files. We hope you've enjoyed it. 
please check out the speakers links in the show notes and don't forget to subscribe to us on spotify google play itunes or stitcher and also on our youtube channel event 202 and our facebook group e202 thanks once again and see you again soon